Good morning. It is 10.07. Jennifer Bukowski, uh, she's going to cover the uh, additional documents marked as classified found at Biden's Delaware resident. Uh, she's also going to talk about uh, the real divide uh, uh, on uh, on these documents. Uh, it is uh, from Reason Magazine. It's uh, between the powerful and the rest of us. Uh, she's going to talk about the new structural racism in Northern Virginia. Affirmative action is hardened into a war on high achievers. You know the stupidity of this. We don't want two people to be too successful because it makes the really uh, stupid people look even worse. So well, let's dumb it all down. Italy's most wanted mafia boss has been arrested. He's been hiding for 30 years. Uh, I saw that story. I was, imp- I was impressed. A uh, woman had photos of serial killers on her wall, stabs her sleeping boyfriend, and her takeaways after reading uh, Prince Harry's book, Spare. Oh, and, and Nipton, a uh, small desert town of Nipton has been sold again. Why would you want to buy an entire town? Uh, in the meantime, uh, we were talking about the uh, national debt, the debt ceiling, and the uh, you know the problem with the the spending is the federal programs like Social Security and Medicare and the military. Uh, you can't really balance the budget unless you really do some diving on those uh, in those locations. Steve is on the line about uh, Social Security. Steve, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? Thank you. Hope I don't lose you on this curve, bad reception. But you know, why would you want to cap their salary? Because if you look, put their name on the internet. It'll come up their net worth before they took office, and then their net worth after they took office. Am I still with you? Yeah. And I'm okay. Like McCarthy, he had two hundred thousand when he took office, and now he's worth several million. You don't get that on his salary. The salary is just spending money, bubblegum money. You know, it's these all of them are doing back, back um, alley trading. You know, inside trading. And it's Pelosi. It's all of them. And so um, I say, um, <laughs> don't give them a salary at all because they, they <laughs> all do the insider trading, really. And and as far as Zelensky and Putin, they're both filthy. They're both birds of a feather. Yep. You know, we shouldn't be there. They're just rotten to the core, both of them. And then one more thing on this Arizona shooting. This guy that took this Arizona shooting said he thought he won the Republican ticket. He may have or may not, but if they don't do something about this, um, yeah, they've got to find a way to make it. Yeah, people are going to start taking things in their own hands. Is I'm not saying it's right, but for them to ignore the crimes of whether the Republicans or Democrats, people are going to start doing vigilante justice. Yeah, if they don't make it abundantly clear that the way they're counting votes is honest and fair and that they're doing everything they can to eliminate cheating, then this is going to get out of control. Everybody who loses. Here's here's what it is. It is absolute treason, punishable by death. And if they don't start punishing by death and making examples of them, it will continue. Punishable by death? Treason is punishable by death. Cheating in an election uh, isn't really treason, per se. Oh, uh, you're, you're overthrowing the government. Well, 
Not really. Yes. No, no, no. no. I, I, I don't, I I don't think it's not the sir. same. All right. Well, I, I'll, you know what I'll do? I'll throw it out there to listeners, Steve. Um, okay. It is serious, and it should be punished, and it should be punished harshly. Uh, but I don't think it's, it rises to the level of treason, nor do I think uh, that it should uh, have a death sentence. But I'll find you, out what other people... You are people... overthrowing the government by election. Fraud. All right. We'll see what others think. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, sir. Appreciate uh, it. Bye-bye. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Brian, would you would you say that uh, that's treason? I don't think it would be treason. I mean, what if you have a uh, government that is corrupt and doing things that go against the Constitution? And, you know, there are certain... Well, that would still be, you know, uh, overthrowing the government. Yes. Uh, but, uh, you know, voter With fraud... Reason. If you If you... <laughs> If you argue, as Steve does, that voter fraud is treason and subject to the death penalty, then... I don't know that I could take that leap. No, I don't think so. Well, his, his argument is, and I'll throw this out to you. we got a few minutes. Uh, you can call in 874-9390 or toll-free 800-529-5572. Steve says voter fraud is treason because you're overthrowing... The government. Ergo, treason, you know, is a death penalty uh, uh, punishment. If you're, if you're engaged in voter fraud, you should be put to death because it's overthrowing the government. Somebody uh, want to make the case uh, for or against that argument? 874-9390-800-529-5572. I mean, there are a lot of people, Democrats and Republicans who have gone out and voted more than once, would you put them to death? I, I think that's kind of harsh. Maybe you give them some real, real prison time, but I'm not sure that it rises to, to that level. That's pretty steep. I can understand his concern, though, and we really do. We have got to clean it up. We have got to make sure that people have faith in the way the votes are collected and counted because every time somebody loses, they're going to swear and be damned they were ripped off. And they're going to get upset. And they're going to do things like this idiot Republican did uh, when he went out and started shooting up his uh, uh, opponent's homes. Let me go to the phones here. We'll kick it off with Rita. Rita, good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I, too, am well. Is it treason? I know it's not treason, but, I mean, if that's what we're talking about, then the January 6th, every one of them should be hung. If that's his reasoning. Well, Nancy Pelosi believes that. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, if that's what he's saying. And another thing I don't understand is... Why is it every Republican that loses is voter fraud? And I am a Republican. I just don't understand where our party's going to. Yeah. Um, they're really hooked on this. And every, every time they lose, it's voter fraud. Uh, it can't be that they didn't message correctly. It can't be that the other guy ran a smarter uh, uh, race it's voter fraud every time. 
And, I, and then when we look at this Santos guy, we think that's okay. I, again, I, I just question where we're headed. Yeah, the Santos guy, I would argue, all, all he's really guilty of, unless they go with some kind of financial uh, uh, malfeasance, is demonstrate uh, the kind of leadership Democrats and Republicans like, a willingness to lie. You got to be in... Not know, this Republican. Yeah, I know. I know not us. But that's... I mean, it, don't Republicans lie to us all the time just like Democrats do? Oh, they all do. They, yeah. I, I agree with that. You so know, that's, that's what he's guilty of, displaying leadership qualities uh, before he even got in office. All right. Yeah. And I say that facetiously. Rita, thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Does voter fraud rise to the level of treason? Uh, we had a caller who suggested it does, and as such, it should be met with the death penalty. James, welcome. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I don't think that it's treason, uh, but even if it is, even if we concede that it may be, uh, it says it's punishable by death, so not every treasonous act uh, is you know, merit-worthy of death, but I, I think he's kind of way out there that's just saying, like, every, you know, violation of any law should be, you know, you should be locked up or put in prison. Uh, and there's various degrees, right? We don't lock everybody up for the infraction of the law. So I think he's just kind of gone to the extreme. I don't think, again, I don't think it's um, uh, treason, but even if it was, it wouldn't merit death. So he's, he's just way out there. He's like, let's kill people for jaywalking type stuff. <laughs> <laughs> shoot him, right? He, he you know, jaywalked. Right. Shoot, you know, you, you litter, you know, uh, put him, put him in jail for five years. That'll teach him not to litter anymore, right? So, um, <laughs> again, even if we can see that it is, which I'm not, uh, every treasonous act is not, pun uh, is, you know, death worthy. It, it just, it could get it if it merits it. So he's wrong on a few, few points, in my opinion. All right, James, I agree with you. Thank you. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. By the way, uh, Scott sent me an email. He said, treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort. No person shall be convicted of treason unless, on the testimony of two witnesses to the same overt act or a confession in open court. Uh, right. Okay. Let me go get one more phone call. Then we move on. Mike, does it level? Uh, is the does it rise to the level of treason? No. And I got to vote on election day in person. You what? Get get rid of the uh, absentee ballot and all that mail-in stuff. Yep. Vote on election day in person. That solves it all right there. I 100% agree with you. Thanks, Mike. Have a good day. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, I, I've been arguing that for seemingly ever, and uh, no, no, let's let's have uh, computers do everything. Do you see where Norton LifeLock got hacked? The the people in charge of protecting my computer <laughs> had their computers hacked. Oops. Now I'm feeling a little vulnerable. Uh, Joyce says regarding the future of Social Security before Christmas, I received. A mailing from the Census Bureau, which said my response was required by law. I responded online for your information. I am, I am old on Social Security, had an exceptionally large income in 2021 from selling off some real estate. 
Questions were entirely about my income and expenses in detail. A few days later, I got another mailing from the Census Bureau reminding me to respond. It said, my response is critically important to your local community and your county. Incidentally, couldn't help but notice that Barack Obama uh, campaigning uh, for the uh, term... Uh, for the midterms, made a major issue of the notion Republicans want to take away Social Security. thought this might make a good call-in topic for you. Uh, let me get one more call in, Brian. I know you're anxious. You love those commercials, but uh, I want to hear from Herb. Herb, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm in your neighborhood once again, so I get to listen to your program. I was eight years old when the Rosenbergs were executed. And uh, my dad brought home the newspaper, and it was the headlines, and it showed their two bodies laid outside the execution chamber. You know, Rosenberg's executed for treason against America, and the country celebrated. It was a, uh, you know, at the time, when you consider the red menace, and when we were all looking at bomb shelters and things like that, that for somebody to have given away the secrets to the triggering mechanism, uh, you know, the country celebrated. So I, you were talking about, you know, the people calling for uh, Trump or uh, uh, Biden to be executed for, for uh, documents, blah, blah, blah. It uh, doesn't compare at all to what the Rosenbergs were allegedly done. And I've, <laughs> I've maintained that uh, if, we, if we didn't prosecute some of these people, the country owes the Rosenbergs a, uh, an apology. You know, selling Uranium One to the, uh, uh, to the Russians and transferring the Loral missile guidance technology to the Chinese, uh, that was an act of treason that some former politicians had done to America. Well, um, voter fraud, I just, I just don't see that as coming up to that level. All right, Herb, I got to run. I appreciate the call. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. 874-9390, toll-free 800-529-5572. Jennifer Bukowski, about 10 minutes from now, she's going to talk about those Biden papers. On the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. 25 minutes after 10 o'clock, Gary Nolan Show, Jennifer Bukowski in just a few minutes. Uh, talk about uh, President, uh, Vice Pre well, President Biden uh, and the, uh, the papers that uh, he shouldn't have had next to his Corvette in his locked garage. Uh, Wall Street Journal uh, talking about the debt. Republicans are right to want to stop the reckless spending trends of the last four years. U.S. debt held by the public is now about 100% of GDP, up from 39.2% as recently as 2008 and 77.6% in 2018. The cost of financing that debt is rising, uh, and it's rising fast, along with interest rates and interest on the debt, uh, which will take up an increasingly large share of federal revenue. Priorities like national defense are going to be squeezed. Spendthrifts should pay their debts, but they should also have their credit card pulled or at least limited so they can't keep piling up unpaid bills. This is the sensible principle that most of Washington has abandoned in recent years. It's good for the country that someone in power wants to rein it in. 
The problem is that the House Republicans face an imbalance of political forces. Their majority is only five, which will shrink to four if George Santos is forced to resign. Democrats hold the Senate and the White House. All of Wall Street, bond investors, credit rating agencies, and the financial world will be warning of debt limit doom. The press will, as usual, side with Democrats. Maintaining Republican unity as the political pressure builds will make the vote for the, uh, for the Speaker look easy. Republicans use the debt limit as leverage to negotiate a spending limit on non-entitlement spending in 2011 with Barack Obama. Annual caps and the threat of automatic cuts caused outlays to fall as a share of GDP for several years. But the cost was high because defense and domestic social welfare spending were both capped. Entitlements were exempt from the two sides uh, naturally uh, because that's the way Democrats and, and the American public now, now work. They think of entitlements, and, and that's why we call them entitled. They're entitled. Well, eventually, your Social Security check is going to get smaller. It won't disappear. As long as people are working and contributing, there will be some money to spread around. But there will be less of it. Ergo, that big check you thought you were going to get is going to diminish all the while, you'll find that the dollar doesn't go as far. It's a double hit. You're not only getting less, but the money you're getting won't spend as, as well it, 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 because of inflation. It's a sad, sad state of affairs. And the Democrats put us here. Uh, Charles says the Rosenbergs were executed for espionage, not treason. Okay. Uh, all right, so Jennifer Bukowski is coming on board, and she has actually read. Brian, uh, you didn't uh, you didn't read uh, the Prince's book Spare, did you? I did not. No, did but you were tempted to. Oh, it's on my list of uh, your... books that I need to check out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Jennifer read it. Oh, good, good. Yeah, so Maybe we'll be she can... now. We won't have to. Good, good. It's I'm like so having glad. crypt notes. Yeah, remember those? Do they still make those? I think so. Crypt yeah. Notes? Remember, they got black and yellow book. Uh, additional documents marked as classified found at Biden's Delaware residence. Um, then uh, the new structural racism. Why would you want to punish achievers? You know, when, when achievers are recognized, and I don't care if it's in school or in the private marketplace, it gives incentive to others to try harder, work smarter. And it also, uh, you know, rewards working hard and smart for the people who did achieve. Why would you want to punish that? Why would you want to stop highlighting that? You know, it's not like you're saying to everybody, you know, it's not like you're taking the, the dunce in the class or the poorest guy in the neighborhood and saying, hey, he is the biggest dunce or she is the biggest idiot. You're just saying these people worked really hard, and they were really smart. I'll get you people on the left. Gary Nolan Show, Zimmer Radio Network.
This is the Gary Nolan Show. 1035, and it's the Gary Nolan Show. And it is Tuesday. You know what that means? That means the Royal Watcher is with us, Jennifer Bukowski. Good morning, Jennifer. How are you? Good morning, Gary. I'm doing great. You actually made him wealthier by buying his book? I did. I'm one of the 1.5 million people who bought it on the first day. <laughs> oh, my. Prince Harry's book. Yep. And what's your takeaway? My takeaway is he kind of cured me a little bit of my obsession with his royal family because he. I actually did the audio book and the regular book. And reading through it, you hear him reading it, and it's clear that, you know, he is just a human being in a really extraordinary set of circumstances. And not only does he admit to lying to, like, the press, uh, to his family, but they lie to the press. Other family members lie to the press. The press lies about them. So you can't really take anything you hear about this whole situation um, as gospel by any stretch of the imagination because they're all under such a microscope and all this pressure. They leak stories about each other to try to avoid like less favorable stories coming out about them. And so I don't know if I'm going to be following everything as carefully because I'm going to have a hard time believing what I read. Well, since he is an admitted prevaricator, how do you know that that those other people are telling lies? When I think he's the alive? one story, the one story, it was I recall kind of revealed. Like they kind of pull a fast one with the birth of Archie, when the palace released a statement like a breathless, "Oh, Megan's gone into labor." Well, Megan was already home after already having had her baby. And they were misleading to the press in that big announcement. They said, oh, it has to be dramatic. When Harry asked, well, why are you saying she's going into labor when she's already back home? So I believe I remember that happening at the time. So I could believe. Well, what was the what was the reasoning behind? No, we have to give a story, a dramatic story to the press. That was it. It was just. (laughs) And then he admits like. Doing cocaine and lying about it. They're like, a story's about to come out that you did cocaine. Well, he lied. And he's like, well, of course I had been doing cocaine around that time. He's been using drugs this whole time. I mean, he really is under a microscope. He blames everything on the press. His mother is a saint that never did anything wrong, which, you know, I guess that's nice for him that he believes that. But uh, he blames her death on the press. And now he's trying to protect his wife from the press. But... I mean, they should have known what they were signing up for when she agreed to marry him. I don't think an unemployed person who is part of the Army is going to get the star of suits. You know, all he was was a guy that didn't go to college and he had been part of the Army. And if he weren't a prince, there's no way Megan would have looked twice at him. Let's give me a break on that, you know? You think she's kind of a social climber? she She never Googled me. He says it three times in the book, uh, how he was so relieved that she never Googled because she asked questions about his family. Like, of course she Googled you, dude. That's why she agreed to go out with you. That's what's going on here. Yeah, she was part of the Soho Club, which is all a bunch of social climbers and people that are full of self-importance. And that's where she met up with him for their dates. And, you know, he has an inheritance from his mom because his mom divorced his dad shortly before she died and got a sizable estate. So he got, I mean, he's got like $16 million from that at least, 
Plus, he inherited like eight more from his grandmother at the age of 21. But he refuses to touch any of that wealth to pay for his security. That, so he had to uh, sell out his whole family with this book and with the Netflix show and everything else to pay for his security. That's his justification. And he says the most bizarre thing was like the day of his first date with Megan, he peed his pants. What? In a sailing competition? Yeah. He talks about putting, going to the South Pole and getting frostbite, you know, in another region. And it was so painful. And he ended up putting Elizabeth Arden cream on it, which when he opened it up, he remembered how his mom used to put that on her lips. And he's recounting how he put that on his quote unquote todger. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's enough to kind of gross you out and make you no longer obsessed with this family. Yeah, Brian, uh, do you want an autographed copy? I think I'm going to pass on that, but thank yeah. you for thinking yeah. of me. We just got the Crypt Note version, and, it, and it's plenty enough for me. <laughs> Good Lord, what a sick family. All right. Additional documents marked as classified found at Biden's Delaware residence. Yes, there's a story he just keeps on giving. It's unbelievable uh, that he's had all these documents where Hunter Biden was, first of all, you know, that guy that was supposedly had no access to them. But this is happening over the weekend. They found even more. So this is an addition to the ones they found in the garage. And yeah. it, it just belies belief how hypocritical Joe Biden was about, oh, Donald Trump's offenses. But they keep finding more and more all over the place at Joe's house. You know, there's going to be cleaning people in and out of there, press, all kinds of political people. You know, even Joe's own lawyers admit that they didn't have the security clearance to be, like, going through and looking for all of these. So that's why they called the DOJ in once they found one of them. I can't imagine being that lawyer in that situation where, oh, here's a document where if I read it, it could potentially be a crime, at least ethical violation to my law license. So what do you do? How do you handle it? But as Reason Magazine points out, that you know the real divide isn't between the Democrat and Republican. It's between the powerful and the rest of us because they've sent all kinds of lower-level people to prison and things like that for mishandling highly classified documents. Like that reality winner got five years in prison for one document. Now, you know, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, they have hundreds of documents that are apparently, you know, not in, well, if Trump declassified, he's fine, but but they have all these documents, Petraeus, all these other people, and they don't get nearly, they don't get punished at all for it. Yeah, but can you indict a sitting president? I, I'm not I sure they it. can do anything to Joe Biden, but I do think it's possible for this to be a ramp for the Democrats to not appear disloyal and at the same time to get rid of Biden. Yes. You know, we love Joe like and we'd vote for him. Yeah. And we'd vote for him. But, uh, you know, with this uh, tranche of uh, top secret documents, uh, you know, there's some questionable decision making that, you know, uh, you know, we, we may have a problem in the next few years. So we're going to back so and so. Well, they, if, they're, if that's the plan, they're going to have to get quick about it, I think, because the timeline they put together a presidential campaign is is getting shorter and shorter, and it does not appear like anyone is gearing up for one on the Democratic side. Well, they're not gearing up for a presidential run. They're gearing up for, if anything, a primary. There would be a challenge 
to Biden under the circumstances. It's yeah, entirely so possible. They have to run against Biden, right? So. Yeah, but they could do it without appearing uh, to be disloyal. We'd ordinarily support him, but, you know, these are questions that need answered. So, you know, maybe we better uh, let old Joe... And by the way, if they do manage to press charges, I think he has a, an adequate defense, uh, diminished, uh, you know, capacity. <laughs> yeah. And not, no knowledge. I mean, would he have to know that he mishandled these documents? He's going to claim that he didn't and that they got mixed in with things. Yeah, well, it's it's better than the Democrats who are suggesting they were planted. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. some Republican broke into the garage, saw the Corvette, and said, "That's where we'll place the papers." Yeah, that'll be believable. Yes, <laughs> that's sitting <laughs> in a garage. You know, ordinarily, when stuff gets put in the garage, it never makes it back in your house. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld has this whole bit about how the house is a trash processing factory. What <laughs> stuff goes to the garage, it never makes it back inside usually. So, what <laughs> the heck were those documents doing in the garage? Yeah, I mean, who put them there? Did Biden put them there and forget? Did he give yeah, them to somebody else? To... Like that. That's like the least secure part of her house. Come on, you know. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you would think that just could be open while you're pulling your car in and out. It's. Uh... You know, he makes it sound like just the fact that he had a Corvette in there made it. You know, now it's really safe. Yeah, it's, oh, that's it's where I keep my Corvette. Drive. Yeah. Well, why bother <laughs> buying a safe? Just yeah, and by lock garage does he mean like the garage door is closed? Because there's video of him pulling in and out of that garage with camera crews around and everything else when the door is open. Yeah, how bizarre is that? Uh, the <laughs> new you're good. <laughs> the new structural racism in Northern Virginia affirmative action has hardened into a war. On high achievers. We'll kick that around with Jennifer Bukowski in just a few on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 10 minutes to 11, and Jennifer Bukowski is with us. Representative Sheila Jackson Lee has introduced a House bill to criminalize, quote, conspiracy to commit white supremacy, which includes any criticism of non white people that influences, such as something published or said online. Someone who commits a hate crime. Wow. That, that's an interesting take, isn't it? Yeah, that's like a law school exam question of how many different constitutional problems can you come up with with that? You know, the First Amendment, it would run a foul of. It would be void for vagueness because it doesn't give you enough notice as to what exactly would constitute a crime. So just speaking, you'd never know. If it could be construed as violating that statute. There, that uh, statute is very problematic. She's the only person that filed that bill. No one signed on with her. And it's just a publicity stunt, obviously, but a really disgusting one. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. All right, let's move on. The new structural racism in Northern Virginia. Affirmative action has hardened into a war on high achievers. Yes, so there's the PSAT test, which all kids in America take each year, and the very top achievers of that test are eligible for recognition or awards as National Merit Scholars or Commended Students, 
this high school in uh, Northern Virginia is consistently ranked as number one in the country. It's difficult to get into. It's Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology, known as TJ. And apparently, they delayed in informing people whether or not that they had been commended or received awards as National Merit Scholars until after the deadlines for early acceptance to you know prestigious colleges had passed. And uh, the majority of people that were affected by this were Asian Americans. And one mom who brought it up and complained to the school said that uh, the response from Brandon Kostaka was that, you know, TJ's director of student services, he said that the school wants to recognize students for who they are as individuals, not focus on their achievements, and that it had delayed informing winners to spare the feelings of those who didn't qualify. Yeah, why would you want, why would you want to recognize in academia, <laughs> achievement in school. I mean, that just makes so much sense to me. It doesn't make <laughs> sense to me that they would think it would hurt other kids' feelings if some kids got recognition because everyone knows who the smart kids are in class. You know, you're going through school together. You're getting grades the whole time, right? So someone's getting better grades than other people a lot of the time. And so it's not going to be any big shock that someone did the best at this PSAT test, but after, you know, one of the moms who's India born uh, wrote about this experience, they have done follow-up and they found that numerous high schools in this uh, county have done the same thing and it's disproportionately affected Asian American students, this delaying. Like for 101 of the 132 winners at TJ were Asian Americans that didn't get to find this out. A couple other high schools, 10 out of the 15 were, or four out of the five were at the other two high schools where it's been discovered that they delayed announcing these. Now, they're doing an investigation, the attorney general is, to see if this was intentional or whether it was just, you know, incompetence that they didn't let these students know they'd received this award in time for them to be able to update their applications to school, to colleges on it. But I would be livid if I were one of these parents. You know, you're trying to get your kid the American dream. A lot of these are, you know, first-generation American students. They're born to immigrants, and the way that they want to get ahead is by basically sacrificing their childhood to study all the time so that they can get into excellent colleges and then have that American dream and climb up that wealth ladder. That's why they're going to public schools and the most prestigious ones to begin with. Well, you know, it's not like they're highlighting the the idiots in class. It's not like they're yeah. they're saying, yeah, well... Yeah, here's the bottom 1%. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. not doing that. But what they seem to forget is that human nature is such that when you see someone being successful, you want to emulate that. You want to challenge that. You want to be that person. And if they're not highlighted, then then it doesn't happen. And at the same yeah, time... Yeah, your motivation to strive, then? Yeah. And at the same time, they'll argue, uh, these leftists, well, if we don't have black instructors, uh, then uh, black students won't have anybody to look up to. They won't have anybody to, uh, to emulate. Well, geez, uh, how, do you, how do they come to these conclusions? I don't know, but this very same school, TJ, uh, decided to fix their admissions uh, policy to get rid of a merit-based entrance exam 
in order to make room for African-American and Hispanic students by reducing the number of Asian-Americans. So the instead of... The class admitted before they changed was 73% Asian, 3% Hispanic, 1% African-American. After the changes, they went to 54%. So they cut by like 19% the number of Asians, 11% Hispanic. They bumped that up by 8 Seven percent black. They bumped that up by six, and then white students went from eighteen to twenty-three. So that uh, gave a bump to uh, white students as well. Now make more of a proportion. Now they're twenty-two point three six percent. But they did that by eliminating the merit-based entrance exam. So uh, that drives me crazy too, because these merit-based tests or the you know, the standardized tests that they keep getting rid of in the name of, oh, they might be racist or whatever. Those are really the only tests that, you know, a kid in, I don't know, the Midwest in some public school can use to get a hard look at prestigious, by prestigious colleges. And it's the only test where you can say, distinguish yourself and say, yes, I am just as smart as this kid that's going to a prep school in Hong Kong that's in, incredibly rigorous. And uh, taking that away just really is a disadvantage to kids that aren't as well connected. So all this to make minorities feel better? Is that is I don't that what know. You... Is it to make them feel better? Is it, or is it to make the people making these decisions feel better? I'm not sure. But I don't know how much of a favor it does because everyone's aware of this. But then you're going to have this impression that, oh, if you're Asian and you still got in despite all this, you must be really good. And you might think that if someone is African-American or Hispanic, that maybe they're not quite as good as those Asians. So you're perpetuating racism. If you had an even standard and the you know Asians get in and the blacks get in and the Hispanics get in and the whites get in, then you're like, okay, everyone here earned it to get in, right? But if you start tilting the board in favor of certain groups and against other groups, you're not going to have that that idea and you're going to be perpetuating racism not only that but it's going to make those minority members who do get in question whether or not they got in based on their abilities and their and talent some of them could have yeah and some of them could have clearly like under the old policy of tj some of them did get in and then they would have been seen as equal but now all of them are going to be seen as not quite as equal they must have just gotten in because they're part of uh you know, that as that racial group. Hard to understand the left. It really is. Uh, coming up in the next segment of the program with Jennifer Bukowski, Italy's most wanted mafia boss arrested after 30 years on the run. Uh, and also a small town uh, of Nipton been bought and sold again. This is the Gary Nolan Show 